0: Coming to you from the galaxy far, far away, this is the Star Warriors podcast. At tonight's show, uh, we have Brian Balance, the director, the writer, and even one of the voices for The Adventures of the Zolan Dart. And so tonight, uh, this is Chris.
1: And this is Ruben.
0: The two of us will be talking with Brian all about uh, the audio drama. But first up, Brian,
2: hello. Hi, <laughs> how are you? I'm, I'm going to get a
0: little speely and
2: uh, not not even say hi to you. So that's, uh, right. that's a good point. I am here. Yeah, <laughs> we, have you. Yes. we have right. a guest. Yeah, we have a guest. I appreciate Brian. it. You let me in and we're here. I'm not leaving and anytime soon. So and we, we, lock the door. we won't ask you to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Give it time. Give it time. <laughs>
0: So, Brian, we want to we want to put you on the spot uh, just a little bit about your love of Star Wars. Perfect. So uh, we're going to do a little thing called three questions. Uh, Okay. so I would like to start with your favorite Star Wars movie. Uh, Episode three. Revenge of the Sith. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Your favorite Star Wars character. Qui-Gon Jinn. Easy. That's a good one. Yeah, he's the best.
1: He's so on the spot, right? I told you. I told you. I'm, I got gushed it. over you, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Keep going,
0: <right? laughs> And finally, share with us
1: your favorite Star Wars memory. Oh,
2: okay. Wow. Um,
1: hmm. We're getting deep on you.
2: Yeah. Uh, okay. okay. On the spot, you were right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Ruben did not warn me about this part. And, I, um, and you got me comfortable, too. At the first yeah. two, I was like, boom. I got the... These are like you're looking for answers now you want a real one uh from the heart okay 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 i got you favorite star wars memory pertaining to a movie or favorite star wars memory that could be outside of the movies
1: in general star wars oh man star, star wars. wars
2: okay star wars. okay okay wow this is really tough guys this is <laughs> This is terrible podcasting. Why did you do this? <laughs> because there's so <laughs> many, right? That's the problem. There's, there's so many, yeah. And like, there's so many. My like, have you seen Have you seen um, Dreamcatcher? Yes. You know the movie. You know it's like that warehouse of memories. I'm like <laughs> yes. going through. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, how do we subcategorize this? Like, is it by movie or by experience or by premiere or by meeting someone? Um, do you want right, us let's to pick?
1: Le- <laughs> le- let's, le- let's let let's let them off the hook. Let's let them off the hook. Me, what is your whittle it down most a memorable? Uh, meeting of somebody who might have been influential or took part in Star Wars.
2: Okay, okay, that's much easier. But, you know, I'll give you both. Okay, favorite Star Wars memory, uh, seeing episode one in theaters when I was eight because that's where the obsession started because I watched the originals first, uh, the special editions on VHS, and I love them. But when episode one hit... Like I, I, can literally close my eyes and go back to being eight when Qui Gon was killed and having that like, <gasps> like maybe I hadn't seen anyone die in a movie yet, or maybe I hadn't seen anyone die in a movie that I cared so much about right away. But it was like, oh, I'm different now as a child. Um, <laughs> so that, um, seeing Rogue One 23 times in theaters was a pretty, pretty good experience. Um, Is
0: that a Guinness World Record? I hope
2: so. Um, I had Somebody, the ultimate tickets where nice. you paid like $100 and you could go all the time. And I was like, all right, it's time for lunch. Rogue One. <laughs> and, uh, but as far as meeting someone, this is my favorite story to tell because it's one of my crowning achievements in life. Um, do you know who Neil Scanlon is? He's the head of the creature department for all the new movies. Like, okay. he, he's like this generation's Rick Baker. Like, he's the guy who made all the alien masks, all the creatures for all the new movies and stuff like that. Living legend, hero of mine um i bought his breakfast at celebration mm. and i and i did it like all cool too it's the only time in my entire life that i've ever been cool um, <laughs> and
1: well, I, I, I doubt that
2: well listen i'm about to tell you the story and as i said the words cool it's gonna sound way less cool but it felt cool <laughs> at the time so uh this is gonna be a little wordy so i want to apologize ahead of time but you asked me to come on so yeah uh <laughs> It was at Celebration Chicago two years ago, three years ago, whenever that was. I don't remember. Um, And my friend Savannah and I uh, were having breakfast at the Marriott Hotel. And I left. She stayed behind because she worked the convention so she could go in. You know, she didn't have to wait in the lines like us normal people. And as I'm getting in line, it starts to snow because, you know, it's Chicago in April. And she texts me and she's like, Neil's here. I was like, what? And I had a really good spot in line. So I was like, oh man, this is like day two. And I was way worse yesterday. And this is the good spot. She's like, Neil's here, you need to come back. And I was like, ah. <laughs> All right, fine. So I go back and I sit and there's Neil Scalen just having breakfast across this little way from us. And like a creeper, I was just like, just look at him. <laughs> He's right there. There's a living legend. And these people aren't even they're not even caring. And so I keep thinking, I want to meet him. But I want to make an impression. I don't want to be a random fan that he runs into. I want, to, I want to have a moment, right? And I was like, what am I going to do? There's one exit. Okay, so he has to come out here. And we're sat here. So maybe he gets up. He comes out. And I'm like, hey, I'm Brian. It's nice to meet you. No, that's not good enough. I got to do something. So as I'm going through all these things and talking to Savannah, and like, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I got to figure something out. Uh, a waitress comes up, grabs his order, and then walks away. And I was like, I've seen this in so many movies. I'm going in. So I got up. And I followed her, and I went back to the back of the bar, and I was like, hey, uh, you're waiting on that guy over there. She's like, yeah. I go, can I pay for his breakfast? And she's like, uh, yeah, sure. And I was like, cool, cool, cool. And I tipped the hell out of her. And she was like, do you, do you want me to tell him you did it? And I was like, honestly, it's up to you. And I meant it, because if she told him, I don't know what I would say. I didn't think that far. I just thought, like, you know. <laughs> I could be able to tell people, like, yeah, I bought Neil's breakfast. And they won't believe me, but I'll know. And I'll be like, yeah, it happened. So (laughs) I walk away from the bar. I'm feeling real good. I'm like, all right. I sit down. I can't believe that worked. And as I'm sitting down and getting comfortable and feeling really good, I see her go up to Neil's table, and she points at me and starts talking. And I'm like, oh, no. I'm like, Savannah, just keep talking to me. Just keep talking to me. And I'm, like, looking at her as Neil is getting up and walking over to us. I'm like, just keep talking to me. I don't know what to do. And he goes, he stops at our table and he looks down at me and he goes, did you just buy my breakfast? And I was like, you're Neil Scanlon. Of course I bought your breakfast. And I stood up and he gave me this hug and he's like, thank you so much. Like, he was the nicest guy ever. Like, this dude won an Oscar for this stuff. And, like, he's the coolest dude. And he's like, I should be buying you breakfast. He's like, nobody really knows, like, the work that we do. And I'm like, dude, listen, I know. Also, I'm friends with half your team. Let's figure this out. Like, dude, that, thank you. Breakfast is the least I can do I appreciate it. And so that one of the greatest moments of my entire life. And then wow. later that night we were hanging out in the same place and he walked by cuz he was staying at the Marriott, saw me and was like, "Hey," I came over and we talked again and I'm like, "What is life?" <laughs> so, that one. Does that work? <laughs> that is that's that's pretty great. Was he like,
1: "Hey, breakfast guy" or "breakfast was, bar" or like Yeah, you know, did he was he give just you, like, like a breakfast nickname.
2: He just went "Toast." And I was
1: like,
2: yeah. <laughs> Biscuits and gravy.
1: What's going yeah. on? Yeah. And you're like, yes, Neil yeah. remembers me. 100 percent No, that's that's that, right. that's, that's, a, that's a great, that's a great memory. You know, I that's awesome. Like I, I, you know, I met Carrie, but like, you know, I met Carrie through the cattle herd, right? Like picture time, sure. like real fast. So it wasn't like a met like something like that. <clears throat>
3: sure.
1: And again, like like you said, uh the special effects guys, the people behind the scenes, they don't get enough love, man. So, like at the end, yeah. At the end of the day, they're the ones that that make us believe in the magic, and yeah. some of the new stuff that that is in the new in the new trilogy is just it, it knocks your socks off. So I'm sure that was a breakfast he will
2: forever remember. God, I hope so. I'm sure he will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Unless they burnt the toast. That's true. In which case, that's not on me. I saved them money, really. <laughs> that's so that's right. like a two. That's like a two thing. He didn't have to pay for burnt toast. <laughs> I You're right. I almost knocked over Carrie Fisher's Coke once when I met her, yeah. See, that's the law of equivalent exchange. I have a really cool moment with Neil, and then I have the most embarrassing moment with Carrie. Because it was one of those days, I think, was it at Tampa Bay Comic Con, I think, one of those? Yeah, Yeah,
1: that's where I I got the picture with her, yeah.
2: Yeah, so I went, I got her autograph. She signed that that poster back there. And so she wasn't feeling good that day, so she was like an hour late. And she had her feet up. And her knees were like to her chest and she would sign things and she would just like put it on her legs and then sign it and then give it back. And I was like, all right, cool. But I have this poster and it's in a tube. And, you know, when you get stuff signed, it's like super rolled up. So, like, you have to hold one in and I have to hold one in. And it's just awkward to begin with. So she does this. She has one. She has two corners and they're over her knees and she's signing. And I've got the other two. But I have a backpack on, but only on one arm. And as I'm pulling it out, the backpack falls on the table. And gets this close, and she's like, "Watch out for the coke." And I was like, "I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry." Okay, thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm sorry. Oh, Gary, sorry, sorry. So,
1: and you I got to say hi to the
2: dog. I still carry that shame. I do. I I think about it all the time. I'm like, I almost ruined her entire day. The power I have—it's just wild.
1: <laughs> it's just crazy. <laughs> and you know, and speaking of cons and things like that, like we, you know, you're not just a guest. You're you're a friend.
2: Yeah. Just, you know, I've stayed at your house before. You have yeah
1: like slept like you know not in the same bed let's not give anybody any fantasies i tried but um yes you did
2: but ruben has was, boundaries right i do i do i've got <laughs>
1: um so but you know we we kind of met at the same time that i started kind of dipping back into the geek world and uh, i met you um, in a very certain attire uh, yeah. you were in a you were in a you were in character yeah. uh and i believe I'm not, I'm not a big anime guy but so i didn't really know who you were uh sure. but they told me you were the cabbage merchant from avatar the last airbender yeah,
2: yeah that's a fact
1: yeah and that is a fact and that is where like that was like the inception right the genesis
2: of, of like of everything
1: Brian, yeah. of everything.
2: Is, right? isn't that weird
1: it's it like, is
2: it like it can come from anything i think it, about it a lot <laughs> yeah it's so wild
1: it is wild because everybody loved you, um, wow. you know, it, it, and no, and I say this like in a real in a real way, because, again, cosplay is like a huge thing um, sure. in in the cons. Right. Chris, you've been there. You, you know how big cosplay is. Um, and when I tell you that the whole Florida Supercon was talking about the cabbage merchant, I mean, oh he didn't just come in in his attire. He had <laughs> he had he had, the, you know, he had his cart. He had little cabbages. He was throwing at people. Um, You know, it was the whole like he put his whole heart in it. So, and then we just so happened to meet. You know, by happenstance, kind of the way me and Chris met. Me and Chris met at New York Comic Con. Cool. Um, But, but yeah, I want you know I wanted to talk to you about that. Like, sure, what were your your first inspirations to kind of like go out and cosplay and maybe you know put yourself out there like that?
2: Sure. I mean, a disorder probably. <laughs> um, but I, I it's <laughs> you know it's kind of it's kind of weird because I I, I don't really remember like so I I grew up idolizing you know the 501st and the Rebel Legion because I remember being like the first con I ever went to was Tampa Bay Comic Con and it was in like 2005 when it was in the lobby of a DoubleTree Hotel and now it's one of the biggest cons in the thing so I remember going there for the first time and I like bought this Jedi costume off of eBay. And I remember the first time I met the 501st, seeing like real clone troopers and stuff like that, and like it was just it was magic. There's no other way to describe it. And I remember I took a picture with one of the clones, and he's Commander Bly. It's my friend Bert, and he held the blaster rifle up at me, and I I distinctly remember being you know 14 years old. And I angled my lightsaber just in case something came out of that blaster rifle. Because I'm a Jedi and he's a clone. And, I, you know, you just, you just don't know. And so, like, you know, who doesn't like Halloween and dressing up and stuff? There's a, there's a fun thing to it. Um, but I don't really remember when it, when it switched from, like, 501st, Rebel Legion stuff. Because I always wanted to join the 501st. And then I did. And you eventually did. I eventually did, yeah. Yeah. And the Rebel Legion. And so... I had those things, but I, I really don't remember what made me switch. I do remember the Cabbage Merchant, his origins, because I did not grow up watching Avatar, but my wife did. And so she was like, you got to watch this series. And I was like, okay, cool. And then I found out it's the greatest animated series of all time. And I was like, oh, my God. So it was really fresh. I'm obviously somebody who can't do something halfway. And so I was like, I want to do, I want to do something because I love this series so much. I'm obsessed with it but because i'm me i can't do what everybody else is doing i don't know why uh so i was like i'm gonna do a costume from a character that's an inside joke inside of a show he doesn't even have a name he's the cabbage merchant so i was like if you know you know and those are my favorites you know when you see like when you see a symbol on a shirt and it's like oh okay 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 (laughs) i see what that is you know it doesn't say what it is but i know what it is like it's just a cool thing so i I spent a lot of time putting this thing together. I didn't originally have the cart that was upgraded later on. Um, I did have cabbages always. I'll, I'll go on record for that one—real uh, cabbages from Publix. <laughs> I don't want to brag. And uh, I spared no expense. You know, you know, I really pulled it out, guys. New cabbages every con. Um, and so, I remember when I put the costume together. My wife talked to me beforehand. It debuted at Animate Miami, and this was 2014, probably. 2014. I got a trophy right here that I won from it, and uh, (laughs) you know you got to hold on to those things, guys. And so I remember um, before I before I left for the con, uh, she told me she's like, I just want you to know, even if people don't know who you are, you look great. (laughs) And I and I remember that, and I was like, that's really nice. Thank you for that. Okay, cool. And I remember walking into those doors, and I was there for eight hours. I did not get more than 50 feet from the front door because so many people just like, can I get a picture? Oh, my God, it's the cabbage guy. Like it was bonkers. Like when I tell you it was like paparazzi freaked out. I sound like a dick when I say that, but it was like I couldn't move. And I was unprepared for that because, you know, I was thinking nobody's going to know who I am. Maybe two people would be like cabbages. Yeah, same. But it was like maybe because it was an anime convention. It was like the right crowd or something. But it was Wild. And I remember, like, having that interaction made me feel so good because there would be people that, like, weren't paying attention. They would see who I am. 90% of the time, it was a double take. It wasn't right away. I was like, huh, oh! And just, like, the joy it would bring to people, I just, like, it gave me a high, really. I was just like, oh, wow, I can literally make a stranger's day just by carrying a cabbage around? Like, yes, please. And so, (laughs) Animate kind of kicked the whole thing off, and then I decided... To just go to every con I could in that year. And I went to like nine conventions. Because Florida is notorious for having a ton of them everywhere. Okay. And, and then after two conventions, I was like, I need a cart. So I got my dad's help and be like, let's design a cart. So we made a real wooden cart. <sighs> There's better ways to do it, guys. <laughs> um, and just went, just went around. It was, like, it, was a cool, it was a really cool experience. I did that for like a year or two um just going around making friends meeting people just like hey you like the thing that i like too cool i can make your day and like i i loved when there was people that like when you just looked at them you wouldn't expect them to react the way they're going to like big giant viking dudes or like dudes that are like completely would up from the feet up looking so cool and they would like look at you for a second and then they turn back around and be like oh look it's a cabbage dude and i'm like this is I just made this guy's day. Look at that.
1: This Look is amazing. It. Look, just you pure know. happiness, unfiltered yeah. joy.
2: And you could just give that to people. Like, right. it was so cool. And that actually is what started, uh, The I kind of catapulted all of that into like the dream I had and stuff like that. Because I was like, if I'm if I'm bringing this much joy to people, maybe I can make some connections that could turn into other things I could turn into other things. You know, there's enough people interested in my cosplay stuff at the time. I was like, what if I started a podcast? And everything sort of snowballed from that random costume. Not wild to think back on, just.
1: And this beautiful, and then the most important of all, this this relationship, me and you. Yeah, hundred percent. Like now, I'm in your life; you're in mine, and like that all started with the Cabbage Merchant. And I just want to add, like, your girl was your girl, like your girlfriend at the time. Yep. Um, And she sent you out there with the Peter Parker, go get him, Tiger. Yeah. And. And you married her. You sure did. Yeah, I, right?
2: yeah, I did. Yeah. Okay. You better believe I did. You listen here. <laughs> I was say,
1: let, I, mean, I know, I just so our listeners know because you know, that was that was awesome. You yeah, know, I like blackmailed sending you her. off that way. Well, yeah,
2: <laughs> just so you know.
1: Sure, sure. <laughs> I I know there's some bargain in there. Like I yeah, know it's not 100%. all just all listen. beautiful romance. Brian's the best. Like she's yeah, so okay.
2: out of my league, guys. There's contracts here. Right? <laughs> I've got so much dirt on her, there's no way she'd stick around. <laughs> I don't know if you and know it... this. I walked around with cabbages, Ruben. <laughs> <laughs> right.
1: You there had to be some sort of blackmail there. Like always. Listen, you're always. not going anywhere. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, so, I did. I did.
1: Brian, you mentioned the five
0: oh
2: first. Yeah. When you mm-hmm. got involved with in them. What did you get involved with them? Uh shortly after that. Oh no, shortly before, because I was in the five oh first first. And then after that, I joined the Rebel Legion. Or no, it was the other way around. is Rebel Legion first, because I'm, I'm all about the Jedi. So it was, Jedi, it was Rebel Legion first for a year, and then it was the 501st. And I was the regional captain for South Florida for the Rebel Legion for like three years. And I'm re, I have a horrible memory, so I'll throw that out there now. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was around the same time. It all kind of, I don't know how to relax. So I'm like, if I do one thing, I have to do like 50 things, and I like really go for it. Um. So it, it was, it was a wild time. That was like seven years ago. Isn't that crazy? Just, it is.
1: What it is, is going back and thinking back to that first con where I met you at. Like it's been so long, and I don't think you you stopped since I met you. Really, because no. you talked about it catapulting all different kinds of things, and you went into podcasts shortly after, right?
2: Yeah. Because you guys, I think were you might you were in top. You might have been the third or fourth. Podcast ever, with like yeah. it was like you and Bethany and Roger, when it right. was like think like that. Yeah, that was like super definitely in the first five, and I've yeah. been doing that I for like I, five and a half years.
1: Right, which is the interesting oh. podcast. Yep, with with yep. Brian Balance.
2: That's right. That's right. You know, gotta differentiate it somehow. Uh, interesting. Right. Very vague. Brian Balance. I don't know a lot of those. I'm like oh, cool. <laughs> two else <laughs> Two L's.
0: Yeah. What is the uh, overall theme of, of that podcast, Brian?
2: Uh, it is just me talking to somebody who I find interesting. That's, li- that's literally I mean, it, I've had people on from like Ruben to like FBI negotiators to my dad to Oscar winning visual effects artists to creature performers like everybody in between. Like I just I like people. I like people a lot. And I, I really believe in like people having stories to tell. And I'm very, very interested in that. I also really love, like, I, I used to joke that the, the unofficial tagline for the interesting podcast is giving credit where it's due. So I've had <laughs> a lot of creature performers on, a lot of visual effects artists that are like, oh, you know that, you know Aftab Akbar? That's Tom Wilton. Let's hear his story. Let's get to know everything that he's done because I guarantee it's pretty freaking cool, you know? And, like, it's, it's been great. Like Also, another thing that who knew that was going to happen I just right. did a podcast with a recorder with my friends and now I'm like interviewing Ahmed best 5 years later like what is and it's not even an interview that's the wildest thing like I keep telling people that I'm like when you listen to it it's a conversation I don't go in with notes I just find someone I'm interested in and then just learn and it's impossible to promote because it's like, hey, here's a show with somebody you don't know talking to somebody else you probably don't know about pretty much nothing, <laughs> you know.
1: <laughs> but it's interesting, I and so. I mean that, and I mean that, yeah. And, and, and yeah, you've had you've had a slew of great guests. I mean, Gosh. you you talk about it like you're interviewing just you know guys like me and 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 nobody's But I mean, you just had uh, Ezra Bridger. Uh, I did.
2: Yeah, Taylor on Gray. The
1: show, Taylor Gray. Um, You've interviewed I mean, like you said, so many creature performers uh, and you've got you've got so many people of different walks of life coming onto the show in in that aspect um, in terms of the podcast like what is it that you're getting out of it and except besides like you said, learning and, and, and sure. kind of just listening, what is it that that drives you to do that and besides you know the funny answer of being addicted to having to do something like that. Sure. what is it really doing <laughs> for you in terms of like putting you you know giving you something out of it what is it
2: sure uh a lot genuinely genuinely a lot there there's very few feelings that compare to a genuine conversation Mm -hmm. in my opinion like when you get to know someone like really get to know someone like i know your work i want to i want to know you and i i genuinely i'm walking on sunshine after a lot of podcasts because i'm like man that went so like my hero I just talked to for an hour and just like, ah, it just feels good. You know, like that's, it's almost like a spiritual thing. It's this connection between people where you realize we're all the same. And I I get a lot out of that. Also, I'm just stealing. I get these (laughs) great actors on and they tell me all their secrets. And I'm like, oh, oh, that's a great idea. It's a great idea. Um, So I get that. I I learn a ton. Um, Sometimes I get recommendations from people and then I become obsessed with those recommendations. So those are really fun where I'm like, oh, you know what? I watched The Boys because TJ Storm told me to. That's pretty cool. <laughs> you know, just like weird little things that like a conversation I had with someone. Boop, and some people have come on to like become really good friends. Like that, that's been – I did not see that coming at all. That like right. getting to talk to these people and then becoming genuine friends afterwards is just – I mean, talk about – That's the cherry you know, on top. You know, it's – you can't plan that kind of stuff. And it's uh, – I don't know, I've, I've, I've become pretty good at making friends. I wish I knew how to do that growing up, but I cracked the code, so that's been kind of cool. And just, you know, connection. Just, uh, the, it's so easy to be surface, you know, and like understand, like in the social media age where it's very like, here's the top layer of this and it's pretty cool stuff, I'm like, I want some real. Like, get, give me some stuff. Like, show me a, a personal thing. Show me, and I'm not like, tell me about your problems. You know, I'm like, I want to get to know you as a person. What are your thoughts? What do you? What do you like? Let's talk about what you like. You know, I like that thing you did, and I want to thank you for it because you didn't have to share it, but you did. So appreciate it. Right. But also, let's talk about your favorite kind of chips. You know what I mean? Right. Let's let's peel these layers. You know, <laughs> I I love it. I, I love and giving
1: people. giving giving out roses where roses are due. I'm a, yeah. I'm a big believer of that. You know, Same. especially when they're around to do so. You know, because it's a Absolutely. shame that. You know, sometimes our heroes, especially our heroes that we, you know, in specifically in Star Wars, they've been around for a while, you know. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. Uh, so anytime that and, and then anybody in general who's just doing great at life and doing something great, and putting out a positive light into the world. They deserve to hear it, you know, and have a good you know, conversation. I think that that answers my question, because I think you're right. You do get a lot out of good conversation.
2: A lot. And, and just a different perspective. You know what I mean? The other thing That's is right. like. As fans, I feel like a lot of people take for granted the people that are giving us these things, right? So, like, they're people as well, and that's something a lot of people forget. It's like, you're doing this role, and because of this, like, cool, I enjoy that character, but, like, who's that person? You know, like, Vanessa Marshall as an example, right? Vanessa Marshall the voice of everything. She was Hera and Rebels to keep it Star Wars. You know, she's been in a ton of stuff. She was, like, a stand-up comedian for, like, years, and her dad was a pilot, and then learning, talking to her, that on the Hera episodes when she gets to fly the B wing and there's this whole big thing about like being in the skies and her mentality, she based that off her dad. And I'm wow. like, you would never know that unless you talk to her like a person and got those right. other things instead of like, so Hera enjoys what type of cockpit? <laughs> That's interesting. You're like, I get I understand the 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 interest in like the surface level of the one facet of the way that you know them. But like we, there's so much more to these people. You right. know, and I just I just love learning it. I'm like, I had no idea you didn't like oranges. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Not saying she doesn't. Just for the right, matter. right. No, she, she might she might I don't like know. oranges. I forgot yeah, to ask. She, she comes like back, it. I'll ask her.
1: Yeah. I'm sure she will be
0: back. <laughs> Inquiring yeah. minds want to know.
2: Yeah, exactly. I'll write that down. I don't go in with notes, but this one I will. Ask Vanessa Marshall if she likes oranges. <laughs> All right, cool. <laughs> That's for you guys. <laughs> Sweet, <laughs> All right.
1: And Chris, you had you, what do you got? I I'm kind
0: of interested in uh, the celebrations you've been to. I sure. I want to kind of ask about that. And what was the first one you went to? And kind of go from there. Totally. Uh, I remember my first one was 2003 in, in Indianapolis Ooh, for uh, nice. for yes for Revenge of the Sith. So. Going back to those dates, um, because there's a what you said you were how old? Eight when you saw uh, yeah, Phantom Menace? Yeah. So I was born in ninety one. <laughs> no, no, that's I love it because this is the thing. It's it Star Wars is so generational, right? And Hell we yeah. all have these different times of when it was introduced to us and what it means to us. So totally, totally. That that is always. I think it's awesome that you got to see that movie as a kid in theaters, and yeah. that's something even you have on me because uh, I was born in eighty. And I didn't see okay. the original trilogy in theaters. I saw, of course, you know, Phantom Menace and and the special editions, and whatnot, but sure uh, I was I was close to you know 18 and then into my twenties. So it's just sure. it's such a cool perspective to to hear that, especially um, you know, all the different voices in fandom and how they how they yeah. treat us. So, um tell us tell us a little bit about your uh, your celebration experiences.
2: Sure. Yeah. Uh first one was celebration six. That was in 2012 is in Orlando. Um, I remember, you know, 2012, I was whoever knows. I don't remember. I can't do math, whatever that math is. I was young. And uh, I remember I couldn't go to the previous ones because, you know, I was poor and a child. So those two things, man, can't travel. Uh, But the Celebration Six, I remember I was super excited. I went with my friend. That was the first time I was ever in the same room as George Lucas. Um, and that was, you know, a life changing thing to be like, I'm breathing the same air as the maker. Because, again, he, guys, I'm weird. He <laughs> glows, know? right? In real He life does. When you see him. And glows. actually, you glow when you leave. It's like a weird transfer. <laughs> I don't,
1: I don't <laughs> doubt it. I don't it's doubt cool.
2: It. It's cool. Like you you float a little bit when you walk. Mm. It's, it's wild. Mm. I recommend <laughs> it. I think they sell it.
1: Um, George Lucas Air.
2: That's right. That's mm. right. And coincidentally enough. I saw him at the Star Wars Detours panel. So that was nice. a whole big thing where Seth Green's new show, Star Wars Detours, was going to come out soon. You know, this was before the purchase and everything. And he was a surprise guest. Everyone kept saying, like, Saturday, Star Wars Detours. is going to be a secret project from the Robot Chicken guys, is what they kept saying. I was like, I love Robot Chicken. Let's go. So we went, and then halfway through it, George Lucas comes out and the walls vibrated and the sound is something I've never heard before. Like a surprise George Lucas in Star Wars Celebration. I mean, you're just I think people died, probably. I'm um, sure it I'm was sure. crazy. I was on the cusp and really? like, you of know, like, yeah, like uh, both. I don't know what it was it's like foaming
1: and... at the mouth. Exactly.
2: <laughs> Exactly. His, his Jedi yeah, robes off. Exactly. <laughs> I left with a different shirt than I came in with, and I can't explain it. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so that was that was pretty crazy to see that, and like you know, you're seeing James Arnold Taylor on stage, and you're like, what is going on? And like the cosplay levels are just nuts, and just you know, it's just sensory overload because you grew up loving Star Wars your whole life, and then you're surrounded by it, and right. Surrounded by the people who were in it You're like, that guy was Jabba the Hutt's tail Like, <laughs> you know, it's just The things that we appreciate, you know Right um, So I absolutely love that, so I went to Celebration 6 I went to, I didn't go to the Anaheim ones I didn't go to the London one Or the Germany one I went to the next one I don't remember which one, it was Celebration Orlando That's what they called it, they stopped saying I went to that one, because, you know, Orlando It or was right there, there. Right. Awesome. Yeah, Yeah, that one was great um at that point that was right before i got brought onto the dorky diva show and so we did a meetup and that was super cool and i think that was where i started my poster maybe i've got a poster with right. a bunch of autographs i been collecting um so that would have been then and then i went to chicago which chicago was just a whole it was a weird thing i was like in the fandom like for real for real by that time and the dorky diva show come to find out people listened to it which was wild And so that was overwhelming, and then that's where Neil happened, and it was, I made a lot of really cool friends at that one. Like, I got to hang out with Claudia Gray for, like, two nights, because we just were in the same hotel, and she's, like, the nicest, coolest person ever, and her boyfriend is the nicest, coolest person ever. So it was a lot of, like, just, you know, getting drunk with your heroes, and, like, hanging out, and be like, that's, that's Matt Denton. That guy made BB-8. Huh? (laughs) I think the Admiral Ackbar. like just crazy, <laughs> you know, just wild. So there's a lot of just every night going to the bar and just having a good time. So just massively different experiences by celebration too. It's it's kind of I've never looked at them like this before. That's kind of cool.
1: We're making you, you know, kind of look at things in a different light.
2: Yeah, uh, it's from a strange. certain point and, of view. Yeah, <laughs> from a certain
1: point of view. There we I go. I like it. Um, I like it. And that and that kind of leads back to the expansion of like your. What you you know the path that you started on, you've gone through all these experiences. um, You and then you start a working or professional relationship. I don't really know. I have never asked you about this, but (laughs) sure. uh, With the Dorky Diva show, uh, yeah. So it's like so it's like kind of like you know you guys what piggyback off each other's fans and kind of like maybe you know say hey listen to my show you listen to my show and then you guys got together like how how did that come about?
2: Well. Luckily for all of us, Savannah has a terrible judge of character that I exploited wholeheartedly. So what happened with her was she's one of my favorite people in the entire world. And I'm not just saying that because she made me. Um, she, I'd been a fan of hers for a while because I remember, you remember in the old days, like early internet, you would just like Google Star Wars and see what happened. You're like, what is this Google? Right. And then you would find <laughs> someone else that's like Star Wars. And you're like, Star Wars. You like, like it's just a random blog and whatever. And I remember I was there was a guy. This is wild, you guys. Like, my memory's so bad that I forget I remember these things. And now I'm thinking back and I'm like, remember that? Like, there was, <laughs> and I have ADD, so I'm just bouncing ideas. Uh, there was a show on MTV and it was like kids that were embarrassed of their parents. Do you remember this? There was a guy, I'll never forget. He's this bald dude with a goatee and he was a Jedi, like a real-life Jedi, and his kids were embarrassed, and I was like, that's the coolest guy I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) And his name was Kinchar Baman. That was his Jedi name, and I was like, that's so cool. And he, like, made his own lightsaber out of, like, hardware parts and would wear it on his belt, and I'm like, this is the coolest dude! And so I remember going down a rabbit hole of, like, build your own lightsaber out of, like, plumbing tubes and, like, faucet holders and, you know, the drain clogs and stuff like that. And somehow I came across this blog called like it was like Pictures, Pandas and Lightsabers or something like that. There were pandas and lightsabers involved. I forgot what the third one was. Probably Interesting. Just a random blog thing. And it was by this girl, Savannah Kiefer. And I was like, oh, there's a girl that likes Star Wars, huh? Because you know, I'm an idiot. And so I followed her for a long time. (laughs) She had a show (laughs) and I liked the show a lot. And then we met for, I kid you not, 10 seconds, because it was at Star Wars Weekends, the last one they ever did. I was marching in the parade with the 501st, and uh, she was doing this thing online which she was like, the Dorky Diva show, I'm going to have these buttons, and if you can find me, I'll give you one. And I was like, I want a button. So I like, found out where she was. Hi, I'm Brian Ham, Savannah Cool, I'd like a button, please, thanks. All right, see you later, bye. That was it. So then a few, however amount of time later, um, the, the, I wanted her on my show and I was like, you know, I've been following you for a while. I think it'd be really cool, you know, to have the dorky Diva on the interesting podcast. And that was episode 26. And I kid you not, that was the episode that changed everything, everything for me, not just in my life and from my friends and getting to know her and stuff, but that showed me what the podcast could become. Like I didn't really catch my groove until that episode. And I tell yeah. people all the time, like, when should I start? I'm like, 26. Start at 26, and you will hear what the show is from there on out. Because over the course of an hour and a half, you hear strangers become best friends. Like, it was just meant to be just connection. And I remember at the end of that, she was like, this was super fun, I had a really good time. Would you want to be a guest on my show sometime? And I was like, I don't think you want to do that, but sure. If you want to tank <laughs> your show after three episodes? Let's do it. And so... She originally, if I remember correctly, wanted to have a different guest or a different co-host every show. But with scheduling and everything like that, you're just shooting yourself in the foot doing it. As someone who has a guest-centric show, can confirm. And so she, her first episode was with Ashley Eckstein. Pretty big out the gate to have Ahsoka Tano on your show for your first episode. Uh, yeah. Uh, the second one was Amy Radcliffe. Equally as awesome, who works for Nerdist and has done a lot of really cool stuff. She did the Jedi Mind book recently. Like, Amy's awesome. The third episode was this guy. What was she thinking? I have no idea. But I was just excited to be there. And it went really well. And then there was a few weeks after that where she tried to get other people. And then she just reached out and was like, Hey, would you be down for being like a full time co host? And I was like, What? She's like, Like a full, like the Dorky Diva show is like me and you. I'm like, Are you sure? Like, do you, do you understand what you're saying right now? I get really excited. And she's like, yeah, yeah, let's do it. And from then on, like, we just, we just keep going. (laughs) She hasn't, you know, she threatens me all the time to replace me, um, probably just to keep me honest. Uh, But it's, it's one of my, she's one of my favorite people. It's one of my favorite shows because we just argue all the time and I like it. Like I'm. I'm genuinely proud of the Dorky Diva show. One, just to be a part of it. I think it's such an honor to to be attached to her in any way. But also, I feel like our show is... There's a million Star Wars podcasts out there, right? What makes it different are the hosts, right? There's just you guys. Like, there is no other versions of you guys. It's you guys that make the show. That's how it stands out, right? So with us, the fact that we
0: have... No, five other dudes.
2: They don't count. And so... (laughs) Just kidding, out, Thanks for letting me have your I take up a lot of seats. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, with her, it's like, it's a guy and a girl, which is cool, because you already have different perspectives just out the gate, which is nice. But also, because we argue so much about literally everything, I feel like it shows that you can still disagree agreeably in the Star Wars fandom, which I think is important, you know? And I, I, I like being... I, I'm proud to say that we're able to just, like throw each other under the bus and argue but you can tell that we love each other you know right. i think it's important i didn't you know
0: i didn't know that you had to respect people's opinions
2: in star wars you know you don't that's the best part oh <laughs> <man>. <laughs> you should <laughs> but yeah it's it's wild like there's so PSA. there's so many there's so many times when like she'll be like i think that's like i think that's dumb and she'll be like well <laughs> i think you're dumb and i'm like well hold on let me make a case for this and it's just <laughs> Uh, It's just, it's fun. And we have, the people that listen to that show are just the kindest, nicest people. Like, I don't know how this happens. I don't know why they listen to us, because it's a lot. Um, (laughs) But they do. They do. And it's, everyone is so supportive and so nice. And they, like, go out of their way to be really nice to us and each other, which is really cool, because we have, like, a Discord group as well. And I'm terrible at responding to it. So if anyone in the Discord is listening to this, just know I think about you all the time. Uh, I'm just bad at this. And like, there'll be people that will just mention they had a bad day, and they'll get 10, 15 people in the thing be like, I'm sorry that I happened to you. Is there a way that I can help? Like, it's so cool. And it's people that are like all age groups, all genders, like everything. It's so cool to like have our little bubble, you know? I don't know if that answers I, your question, but I, now I just I feel love really
0: that. good. <laughs> I love that answer. I just, there's so, it's sad because there's so much negativity. Let me put it this way. There's so much loud negativity. And I think that people have to remember is that those numbers do not outnumber the positivity and the good people who love Star Wars for what it is. And, you know, and that's the thing to remember that is when people are looking for that safe space when it comes to Star Wars. I think that's so important because... um, because we watch even the stars get bullied on social media by these, sure. I'll call them animals, um, and the, sure. and the fandom menace and stuff. So it's just, yeah. it's so great to hear, um, that that you get that kind of reaction from from people and that they're finding finding that kind of show to to attach to and and really and share fandom with.
2: It, it's cool. It's cool. I do think it's important. I think, uh, you know, not to like put it onto anybody, but like if you're gonna have a show, you kind of have a responsibility, in my opinion. You know what right. I mean? It's like you have a voice, right? So you use it, you know, and I'm not saying you have to go out there and like, you know, with your signs and start beating people with it. But at the same time, like there are things absolutely that I don't like about Star Wars, but I'm not going to waste my time talking about those when I have a hundred things I do like. You know what I mean? It's not even this all or nothing thing, which is rich coming from me uh, mm. to say that <laughs> you, you can still like, you know, it's OK to disagree because somebody doesn't like the thing that you like doesn't negate what you like. You know, and I think that's an important conversation that needs to be had, especially in the Star Wars fandom. It's like I, I cannot tell you how many hours I've spent talking about how Qui Gon is the greatest Jedi in the history of ever, and I will die on this hill. There are people who will talk trash and say things about him, and I'm like, that's cool. I'll just like him enough for the both of us. That's how this works. You know what I mean?
1: <laughs>
2: and you've got every
1: right.
2: It you is. know, it it's is. very Jedi. Very I Jedi. Like to think. It is. Yeah. You know, I try. I try. But it's a decision. You know, we're all humans. We get invested. We care about these things so much. It's so easy to give into the dark side, for lack of a better term, to like go for that, you know, to feel attacked by this thing. But at the same time, have have your thing. You know what I mean? Your experience is your experience. And somebody else's someone can only rob you of your joy if you allow them. You know, and Correct. I think that's just an important thing to keep in mind. As a Star Wars fan specifically, there's new stuff I did not enjoy. That's cool, because somebody else probably loved it. And I'm not going to go around and like, be like, well, that thing you liked sucked. What does that accomplish? You know what I mean?
0: Right. And you can find something good even if you didn't enjoy it so much of course. as well. You find those good points. Absolutely. Like, like, say, you don't like one of the new movies. Well, how did you like bringing back practical effects? And, sure. And, the, and, and getting back to that. So it's just... always. We just got to realize that there's just so many different opinions out there and so many different interests and just be respectful. It's exactly it's focus, basics it all. Focus on the
2: good. <laughs> like, it's not that focus hard. Focus on the good.
1: Yeah. Yep. As you know? a matter of fact, I can actually attribute my love of the prequels to Brian because Brian kind of made me see them in a different light. And he kind of explained to me, you know, just the way that he saw them. And, and that made me appreciate the movies even more. You know, so I, I put my stigma away. For the prequels. And now I am like. Ask them. I'm a champion. Of the prequels. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, I do. I love them. And they should uh, have but, Right. Right. Exactly. So not only. Not only be nice to each other. But you know. Be willing to kind of listen. And accept other people's point of view. And check it out for yourself. Maybe with different eyes. But uh, but that goes all the way back to. You and the Dorky Diva. Producing and creating. Right. Yeah. The adventures of Zolan Dart. Of the Zoland Darts.
2: Yeah, we did. We did. Okay. Because, uh, I don't know. Because you, you
1: weren't doing other things, right? Because <laughs> I
2: wasn't busy doing a lot of other things. Because I like right. life to be difficult, Ruben. That's why. Right. That's why right. I did it.
1: We're not, we, ha- <laughs> we haven't even discussed like your acting either. We're going to talk a little bit about that sure. when we come back.
0: Cool. Absolutely. So we're going to jump into a quick commercial break, and then we'll be back with Brian Balance talking all about the adventures of the Zoland Darts do you miss hanging out at bars with a friend cream cream ale
2: do you miss those two friends of yours that would always end up drinking too much leading to discussions about political philosophy
0: if so then we have a podcast for you when they nuked the Capitol, you know that was bad i'm aaron and i'm jake join us at the tavern for a pint a few laughs and some nonsensical discussions I will say neither of us are constitutional <laughs> lawyers. A political podcast for the unencumbered political mind.
2: Search for the Bull and Moose Tavern on your favorite podcast streaming service today. He managed to make Trump look good on something. Like... bad.
0: DFAT Comics is the publishing branch of Don'tForgetAtowel.com, the only place to travel
1: geekly focusing on creator-owned and independent titles like Hollowed, Pursuit of Plastic, and Fairy, and many more. D-Fat Comics will be a mix of genres
0: appealing to every kind of reader. Join the new source of comic book entertainment with D-Fat Comics. We are back from those commercials with more Star Warriors. Uh, and tonight we have Brian Balance, the creator of The Adventures of the Zolan Darts. Uh, and so Brian... Tell us a little bit about the inspirations uh that led to making this audio drama and uh and the whole process involved.
2: Sure. Yeah, it was a uh, it was a lot. Um, you know, we had the Dorky Diva show, and so we had uh, enough people listening to that that I was like, if we made something, I think I think they would listen maybe. We'll see how this goes. And um shortly beforehand, uh Dooku Jedi Lost had come out. And so a lot of people were talking about like the format of audio dramas, and I've always loved audio dramas just as a medium. I just think it's really cool. Mm-hmm. It's like making a movie without needing to worry about the visuals, you right. know. Which I later found out is uh, not exactly the best trade-off because you're like, oh, it's no visuals, it'll be easy. No, it's not. It's so difficult. Um, but so I, I went to Savannah and I was like, I think I want to make an audio drama, expecting her to shut it down. And be like, "Mm, yeah, I mean, sure. You know, that sounds like a lot. And she was the exact opposite. She was like, we're absolutely doing it. Here's how it's going to go. And I'm like, hold on. I don't have an idea yet. I'm just saying. I think it'd be cool to make one. She was like, cool. What do you got? I'm like, nothing. This is. I just had a thought and said it out loud. And so she was like super into it. I was like, let's put it under the Dorky Diva show. We can make this happen. And I was like, okay, okay, okay. Wow. hmm, This is unexpected. Here we go. And I just threw up a script. Like, we we came up with the characters. We went like D&D style. It was like, what's the race, the class, and the motivation? And I was like, all right, let's have a crew. There's going to be a ship. Um, let's have the captain be a female because that's badass. Let's have her be a Nautilin because that's also badass. Let's have her co-pilot be a human because why not? And then they're going to have a little droid. Let's do And that's the crew. All right, what are they doing? And I literally just would just play. I would put them in my head, and then I would let them talk to each other. And I would write down what they said. Cause I'm pretty, I'm pretty good at like yes ending. So I'm like, all right, I love stories that start right in the middle of things. You know what I mean? Like there's a blank screen and somebody runs by and you're like, oh, what's happening? Cool. Like I love that. And that's Star Wars, you know? It's a really mm-hmm. nice planet. Everything's cool. Then you got the blockade runner. Okay. All right. That's kind of cool. Then it's being shot at by a star destroyer. Oh, this thing's huge. You're like, oh, okay. We're in the middle of it. It just felt Star Wars to me. So I was like, okay. Okay. Uh, Alarms are going off. All right. What was that all about? Hey, this isn't my fault. It was the droid's fault. Actually, it's your fault because you're terrible. All right. Then what are we going to do about it? And just went. And, and in like a week, I wrote like 35 pages. And I was like, the end. I did it. Um, you're a writer. That's not how it works. No. <laughs> and not at uh, all. I apologize to anyone that I sent that first draft to. Um, <laughs> too excited. I was like, hey, what do you think? And I got a lot of like, huh? Uh huh. And I was like, oh, boy. <laughs> And um, so I sent it to my friend Victor Espinosa. Um, he's one of my best friends for she's 15 years now, probably. Um, and he's an author of himself. He's got books that he's published and things like that. And I, I love his writing. So I just sent it to him. I was like, hey, what do you think about this? And he just sent me back questions. Well, what about this? Why are they doing that? What is going on here? So then I would take all those questions that he had and I would rewrite it having answered those questions and then I would send it back to him and he would send me more questions and then we did this for three months and by the end in October of 2019 something like that I don't know why I'm throwing years out as if I know what it is I'll just say 2019 that sounds about right and uh after three months we got to the ninth draft and that's what we recorded was a three-month writing process of just like Throwing this back and forth, what do you think about this? Well, why is she doing this? Oh, right, hold on. All right, if I change this around and move this around, oh, that's why she's doing it, and just doing that. And uh, yeah, it was a a long process because we had to learn. Uh, Learning takes forever, come to find out. Um, I learned by doing it wrong first, so it takes even longer. Um, So total was about a year and a half from the time we're like, let's make an audio drama to when it came out. And in hindsight... It should have taken much less time. Uh, You know, oh, if I had just known this, we wouldn't have had to do all of this over again. Um, Also, because I wrote just like throwing it up, I didn't plan out story beats. I didn't plan out the story beforehand. I just went and I'm like, let's have a cantina here. All right, no, it happens in the cantina. And then they leave the cantina. Now they're over here. What's happening here? Um, I got excited and I wrote a story that had like 30 characters because I'm dumb. (laughs) And couldn't find out. Characters require people to play them. So our cast was like 30-something long. And again, hindsight, don't do that. Do four characters and tell their story. What are you doing, Brian? And uh, luckily, I- I've been I've been an actor for like seven years consistently almost. So I've worked on a lot of things. So I just called in every favor ever. I'm like, hey, remember when we worked on a thing together? You are really good. Would you audition for this, please? Let's do this. And like the cast is full of. People that I've worked with before on short films to features to series to audio dramas to my family. My brother and my sister-in-law play a couple voices in here. I was like, all right, I need to do whatever I can. I was like, you can do this voice, right? Let me hear it. Yeah, that'll work. Family
0: favors. yeah. All of it.
2: All of it. Did everything possible. Um, And very early on, um, there's a woman named Christina Morse who is the backbone of the entire production. She's our sound designer. She's incredible. Could not have done it without her. At all. And so she was a listener of the Dorky Diva show. And so we were like, hey, we know you're really into post sound and recording and editing uh, audio and stuff like that. We have this idea we want to make. Would you want to join? And she was like, yeah, absolutely. I don't know if she regretted it later on. Uh, <laughs> she says she didn't, but I don't know if I trust her. Uh, because I feel like, and I've told her this, I was like, I feel like we asked you to help us build a shed and in turn built a mansion. So, <laughs> Oops. Uh, but she did such a great job. So having her early on, a lot of learning was like the pipeline of like, how are we going to do this? Do I send her this file? Do I send her this? What's the best way to get her the audio? Am I going to edit it? Is she going to edit it? How are we going to do this? And it was a process. But I'm really proud of the end. The end result, like you can hear all the little things she did and like to have it come together is such a wild experience to have like, I mean, you're right. When it's in your head and then you hear it outside of your head, and we got so lucky with the cast. Because there's there's Star Wars actors in the audio drama. There's, right. like, there's four of them. And so like these guys that worked on Star Wars and who are incredible trained actors are lending their voices to my little thing. And I'm like, what is happening right now? It was right. wild.
1: Right. And then that little thing ended up somewhere yeah. on the internet. Yeah. And that kind of Really has given it a, another life of its own, right? Because you ended up on nerdist.com. Got, pick, got
2: picked up by Nerdist, yeah. Yeah. And they yeah. were really nice about it. Did you read it? I mean, they yes, just, I did. Why? Mm-hmm. Why? I it. Like, it's good, but like, that's no, really I, nice. No, It's,
1: <laughs> it's, it's all just, true. I will, yes, <laughs> I it is all true, it. right? Yeah, like, I immediately that's shared that's it. That's <laughs> I we I immediately shared it with uh with Chris and the guys. We've got again we've got our own uh Star Wars group as well. Um <clears throat> we have a Discord group for our Star Wars 5e. So, you know, I kind of just shared it all around and you know, I was very proud of you because I know for a very long time uh there is one thing that I that I uh that I that I hold dear about our friendship and a memory that I have about us is you know, I asked you, "Oh, like why did you Why did you start acting? And you said, "Cause, cause I want to be in a Star Wars movie." Yeah, like literally, yeah. the only reason I started acting was to be in a Star Wars movie, and that's always so stuck with me. Um, and and that's why when we started, when me and Chris started talking about guests and and things like that, I was like, "We got to have Brian on because he truly, <laughs> like, not only does he have a great podcast with the interesting podcast, he's got you know, and and the Dorky Diva show, um, and now he's got this the, the audio drama, but he's He's one of us. You know what I'm saying? He's a true believer. He loves Star Wars with all his heart. And it's like the the, the motivation behind it all. So going back to that, like, what did it... What was... Did you feel any pressure at all uh, in terms of playing in that sandbox and creating your own characters?
2: Uh, surprisingly, no. I, I feel like I know Star Wars well enough. Um, also, I didn't go in, like... I really wanted people to like it, right? But I didn't let that color the way I told the story. Mm. So, like, I had a story that I wanted to tell. I wanted to tell something different. I hoped people liked it, but that, that wasn't why I did it. You know what I mean? It was like this, I don't know, yeah, I, did, I didn't feel pressure. I also wasn't gonna tell anyone about it. Um, <laughs> Savannah. <laughs> this is all because of her and
1: just listen to it by himself she's
2: so impatient (laughs) and I hope she listens to this because she knows she knows what she did because I like the I like not telling anybody I like working in the shadows I like when I'm done being like look what I did and everyone's like oh where did this come from you know doing the old Taylor Swift like here's an Mm -hmm. album and (laughs) so that's what I wanted to do Savannah, on the other hand was like I can't wait to tell people I was like we're not we're not telling anyone until it's done because that's when the pressure comes in when there's expectation when nobody knows you're making it it's fine it's fine and so we we started production in october of 2019 like recording we recorded forever because you know it was a lot of characters a lot of editing a lot of learning a lot of casting that took forever um but we announced that we were making it may 25th of 2020 because you know that's star wars day it's also All my right. wedding day hey oh And Mm, so I I gave in to her May 25th. That's when we'll tell people. We're not going to say a release date, but we'll tell people we're making it. And she was like, all right, cool. And I immediately regretted it because because it came out and so many people were excited, which is very cool. Like, I I do not take that for granted at all. But that's when I felt pressure because that's when I was like, oh, right They think this is gonna be good. And (laughs) I heard a cut yesterday that was not. And like you know, and you know, we know how Star Wars fans can be. And so I was like, ooh, ooh, they're gonna rip this to shreds. It's not (laughs) like, you know, I wrote it and I directed it and I'm in it. So it's not like I could be like, oh, that raildar guy sucks. I'm like, yeah, he does. (laughs) Yeah, you know, he does. But it, but but it was directed well and it was written well. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was. Yeah, yeah right. you know, it. I wear three hats. If you yeah. like rag on any of those, I'm wearing all of them. You know. Yeah. <laughs> and, so, and
1: and then and you didn't cut any slack for yourself. You had to. Uh, I heard you. Uh, you told us earlier you auditioned
2: yeah, for the role yeah. as well. I did. I did. And there was a few other people as well. It we. That was something really serious that I was really serious about in the beginning because I was like, if we're gonna do this, we're gonna do it right. I don't want this right. to be like. Oh, it's just another fan project because then you have that expectation that, like, I mean, it's not good, but, like, it's good for what it is. You know, like, I strive for in my acting, in everything, in my podcast, I don't want it to be good for me. I want it to be objectively good. That is always my goal. Like, I don't want any quantifiers. I want it to be good, you know? Right. And so early on, I told her, I was like, you can tell when people do projects with their friends. Because there's that, this is not an actor. This is a friend that's doing a voice. And it shows, you know? And so I was like, I'm not going to do that. We can have cameos with our friends, and I think that's really important because I also, I'll get to that later. But um, with the cast, I was like, everyone has to audition, myself included. And Savannah, being the producer, she had final say on everything. The story was mine. She sent me some notes like, can we do this differently? Can we change this line here? And I'm like, sure, sure. But the story was mine.
3: Everything else
2: was like she did all the designs that was her what the characters look like what they wore like all that was her all the casting final final say was her so if i was like i like this person she's like the voice just doesn't hit where where i hear it in my head and i'm like all right it is what it is well i'll keep looking and so it it was a lot but i feel like it comes through i feel like you can tell like the the cast is like there's some damn good actors in there and like i got i got very lucky
1: I loved it. I just, I threw on my, my pods and I just, you know, I kind of just sat back and closed my eyes. And the minute you start coming on, you know, that, (laughs) you know, we're not going to talk about that, but I mean, no, it was just, it was really, really well done. I've been listening to a lot of star Wars, uh, just, uh, audible. Right. So, and, and, and you mentioned the Count Dooku, um, you know, all of those are a production, you know? So, and again, like, you know, I didn't know what to expect. Right. And, uh, and again, it's your friend, so you're like, ah, you know, I got to like it anyway, right? It's my yeah. friend, I got to <laughs> yeah. tell him it's good.
2: Right.
1: I'm no, going to no. have to tell him it's good, you know, yeah. whatever.
2: Um, you know, enabling
1: yeah. the dream or whatever, you know. Okay. And, uh,
2: but, you had but more I, pressure I, than I did.
1: Right, right, exactly. <laughs> I was like, and I got to come back and tell him what I Sheesh. thought about it. What um, was his name? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was this character's name um but no i mean i just thought everything immediately and maybe chris you can talk about it because you just heard it recently as well um mm. you know like just the sounds right like like me and chris were talking about it, like very star wars well
0: yeah. that's yeah exactly you're, you're you're mentioning about how much work went into the sound uh editing and and whatnot and i i had it with my with my headphones on and everything it, it, just that the 3d sound that i would get from it yeah. it just like i like I it's a total pat in the back with all all hands available, man, because it just sounded it sounded like something I had bought off Audible, to be honest, with cool. it it's, compared to like the Afro thing or or like you mentioned Jedi Lost and, and whatnot. I was just I was really, really impressed by it, Ren, honestly. It's cool. just and I'd love to see this stuff because we look at, we're so stuck in canon a lot of time, and totally. what works with this, and it has to connect to this. And just to hear a tale that, you know, I wanted to ask you why it took place during the New Republic. That's my next question. Sure. But, I got the, you. you know, it's like you had that time period, and you could tie it to a bunch of stuff. And you made really nice uh, references, um, including Puffer Pigs, which I loved. Um, Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and we always talk about Puffer Pigs on the show. so it's, Oh, sweet. Uh, it's a... It's a, it's a, it's a it's a continual topic but perfect you know i just i just i'm i'm hoping for more i'm gonna leave it at that
2: cool cool that, i'm i'm glad that makes me nervous you know it's like <laughs> i'm so glad but also it was a lot of work my, um,
0: i will say my first audio drama ever was when they put dark empire on on tape
2: ooh, and they recorded
0: that um yeah. but a lot of people i don't think realize that it goes back to even the radio dramas of NPR in the '70s, yeah. Right. So, Oh yeah. Like audio dramas and star Wars have gone so well together for years. And I, it was, it was a real treat to, uh, to
2: listen to yours. Good. I'm, I'm, I'm so glad. Yeah. It, um, I mean, Christina's work, man, especially if you're wearing headphones, you can pick up every like random conversations going on in the wall and stuff, which we all recorded. And like the Shao's farm specifically from one of the early on scenes, I'm really yeah. proud of because um, I did a day. Do you know what Walla is? It's like uh it's like the background conversations that happen in scenes, right? So okay. like when you're when you're at a restaurant, all the rumbling conversations that are happening outside of the actual dialogue, they call right. that because after a while it just sounds like you're going, Walla, 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 mm-hmm. Walla, Walla, walla. Mm-hmm. So I had myself, my co writer Victor, my friend Jared, and my friend Christian, and we spent all day one day. I built a sound booth in my room. And we literally just took turns going in there making all the noises and voices that we could. So all the animal noises you hear at Shows is us just tricked and warped and mixed and stuff like that. Like the Kawakian monkey lizard scene, I'm all the monkey lizards. And so we just well done mixed it. Thank you. That's my real that's my real call right there. It's like Reldar, eh, but the monkey lizards, that's that's where it shined. And it's just a testament to Christina and all the work she did, and just building those environments. And that was another thing when I wrote it that I did not think about. She's like, "What is it? What kind of ground are they standing on in this scene?" I was like, "Oh right, I did not think about this at all. Uh, Grass." (laughs) She's like, "Okay, what kind of grass?" And I was like, "Ah, green." Green grass, and it's like God bless her. She dealt with all these things. I did not, you know, the grass on the hills on Naboo. that you know, that's those that kind of, I'm looking <laughs> for alfalfa Naboo grass, grass. Yeah. 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 I mean, Kentucky blue grass. <laughs> and she just like she was that invested, like, what does the inside of sarith's hut sound like? Do you think there's a breeze? And I was like, oh, uh, what do you think? <laughs> and a lot of that was collaborative, um, right. but. To to answer your question about why I picked this time period, I love the idea of no central government yet. So, like, past episode six, the Empire's fallen, but the New Republic doesn't have legs yet. So there is that sort of scramble of, like, you know, the New Republic doesn't have enough power for a long enough period of time where they can control things yet, right? They can't regulate the Outer Rim because things are still crazy. And the Empire right. couldn't ring them in anyway. So I, I like that time period a lot because it was way more freeing. I didn't have to worry about governors or trade routes or anything like that. Um, also, I just really wanted to tell a different story, like Nevsana specifically, right? So there's this thing in Star Wars, it's a common trope that I really enjoy, um, where you have a ship, you're a smuggler, right? Because you got to make do. It's a, it's a lawless right. galaxy. Everyone's got to eat. I don't look down on them at all. you got to do what you got to do. Totally understand. But what if they didn't? What if they intentionally kneecapped themselves? You know what I mean? What if they took the galaxy and looked at it as black and white, knowing full well it was gray? And that's who Nevsana was. Because Nevsana refused to do illegal jobs when that's all that was around outside. So it's like, are you going to starve? Or are you going to figure this out? She's like, no. Everything is above board. This is what I'm going to do. And I like that as a character trait because it automatically creates conflict. You know what I mean? There's tons of jobs. She literally right. goes through the hollow looking for jobs and everyone's illegal. She's like, nope. Nope. Even Reldar is like, hey, listen, we we're armed and we can yeah, handle we're this. Out and she's, here. Like, and she's right. like, nope. And he's like, I'm kind of hungry, though. And she's like, nope. Like it is, was a it was a, something I wanted to explore. And by having it in that time period, I didn't have to worry about regulation. I didn't like I was just so much more free because we also don't know what happened in that time. Without having a central government there, you're so much more free to go wherever you want. You know what I mean? Like, I will say that trying talking about the canon thing, that was something that really frustrated me because I originally tried to have this fit, which it does fit in the canon. It, like, it doesn't brush up against anything. So I feel like, you know, it could be real. Who knows? Um, it's canon adjacent. Uh, but I will say that originally the two planets that were on in the audio drama were originally one of them was going to be Mercana. Because I like that idea. It's one that we haven't super explored. The Clone Wars filled in a lot of blanks. So I was like, I can't use that one because then it has to be the Swamp planet. I can't use this because it's a desert and that won't work. So to fit the story I wanted, I was like, all right, I need a place that's not really technologically advanced. I guess I could do the one with the Lerman on it. But no, because it's grass. That doesn't make sense. And like trying to fit into that box frustrated the mess out of me. And I had the Star Wars Atlas open. So I also had to find two planets that were next to each other that hadn't been fully discovered because... They go from one planet to the other that's nearby, right? Right. So I pigeonholed myself to figure that out. And the day before we locked the script, I was like, you know what? It's Kermai and Ozog. That's what it is. I'm making them up. Those are my planets. And those names came from Kermit and Gonzo. (laughs) Nice. So I was like, I'm tired of trying to fit into this. They're my planets. Here's how it goes. Boom. It works. And it sounds Star Wars-y. I was like, that's Kermai and Ozog. There we go. That's what it is.
0: Like, prove uh, me wrong. This is, this is the outer rim.
2: Exactly. Nobody's been like, mm, those aren't on the map yet. Like, I'm sure they're out there, but they're on my yeah. map now. So, <laughs>
1: you, you <laughs> plotted bodies. and charted them.
2: Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's in the unknown regions, it's the partially known regions now. <laughs> there you go. That's how it there goes. There you
1: go. And, so, oh, go ahead, Chris. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just
0: going to ask a little bit about uh, the, the relationship between Reldar and Murph.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, we're He's a big fan worst. of droids. Yeah,
0: I mean, <laughs> we love droids. So um, I had my oh. problems with Reldar.
2: No, not oh, not really. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Sure. <laughs> okay. Get get me comfortable. Uh, yeah. When, yeah. You wrote, when you wrote
0: that banter, uh, did you did you write when you wrote it? Did you write yourself as Reldar, or did that just happen when you auditioned for it that you were going to play Reldar? Uh,
2: so I knew I was going to audition for him. I didn't know if I'd get it, just because you know Savannah doesn't do me any favors. Uh, you know, I said she's not afraid to rake she's not afraid to rake me through the coals. And so (laughs) I I trusted her. (laughs) She she doesn't do favors. She's like, you know, if it'll sound right in my head, it ain't happening. And I was not the only one to audition for Reldar. Uh so when she gave it to me, I was like, Cool, all right, we can still be friends. Uh but no, when I wrote it, I just I like banter. It's just fun. You know, when people are arguing back and forth and I I just like it. And if you can fit some good jokes in there, like, I love that Reldar called him something different every time. And it was always like spark plug or walking battery pack or grease spot. And I'm like, it's just fun. It's just uh, I like that. Um, Murph, Savannah named him. Speaking of Savannah, not doing me any favors. uh, She was like, his name is Murphy. And I was like, he's a droid, Savannah. We have to put numbers in here. And she's like, his name is Murphy. And I was like, all right, it's Murph E. There we go. And she like would not budge on the name. I was like, okay, we got a droid named Murph. This is how it works. We're doing our thing. And there's is there a three in there for the E? No, there's not. It's the letter E. Thank you, Savannah. Okay. Um, so writing that back and forth. We love Toto 360 from Clone Wars. Right. And it's just like it's just a cool little I love the fact that their feet turn into a wheel. It's just cool. Mm-hmm. It's such a cool design. So I was like, let's have one of those. And then we started thinking, because it's Nevsana and it's in the outer rim and it's post empire that they wouldn't have a Clone Wars droid, but they would have a scrap-built one. That like Nefsana's good with tech, so she came up with parts on different jobs and stuff. And over the course of time, built this droid to help her out. And so we had this whole big thing where she, yeah, she built him from scrap over time, kind of like, um, like kind of akin to Hera and Chopper, you know, where she like kind of found him in a wreckage and then rebuilt him, and that's like her buddy now. That's like um, the relationship between Murph and Nefsana. But Murph was the original co-pilot. So when Reldar came around, Murph is like, what is this? And so he's constantly looking for ways to undermine Reldar. And whenever Reldar does something cool, Murph is there to completely take his legs out from under him. And I, I like that idea of Reldar being this capable person. You know, he built the Scrambler. He's the co-pilot. Like, he's, he's just walking charisma uh, to have a droid constantly be like, well, if you were a better pilot, it wouldn't matter. You're like, you know what? I don't see you flying. He's like, I would if she'd let me. You know, and just so many <laughs> I just like the idea of somebody trying their best and then a droid coming up and be like, Yeah, maybe you say so. Right. It's just fun.
1: It's just fun. And again, very Star Wars because Exactly. You know. You know, uh the, the you, you mentioned going to go see Rogue One. Um I think that was like one of the first times uh besides C three PO that that we actually got to hear a droid. Actually, express their yeah. their thoughts and emotions that we could understand, right? Like yeah, R two and, and things like that. Of course, we, we get those beeps and boops, but but K two S O was was like the epitome of banter, right? At, at yeah, uh, for, for Star Wars at that moment, um, you know him him and and his relationship with Cassian again, not very unlike. You know, yours and Murph's, right? Like, sure. it's one of those things where he's not, you know, Murphy's not afraid to tell you <laughs> what's yeah. on his mind. <laughs>
2: yeah,
3: and and like
2: he has, and the way my so one of my best friends, Logan, he plays Murph. Um, he also plays Donalo, Believe it or not, the mm-hmm. the villain okay. of the whole thing, same guy. Okay, he's that talented. And so don't tell him I said that. And so we there were sometimes when he would give reads as Murph that. I would have to stop myself from cracking up because he did it so dry. Just like there's a part at the end when he's like, "Always thinking with your stomach, Reldar. You disgust me." Just like <laughs> little things are. I find when right after they get into the like firefight with the pirates, uh, <laughs> leaving the marketplace, and then like, "What did you do?" It's like, "I didn't do anything." It's like, if anything, I saved us. And Murph's just like, "That's unlikely." You're like, yeah. "Whose side are you on?" <laughs> <You're> like, right. <laughs> I just, I loved, I loved Murph just being there to just knock Reldar, down a peg or two, because he's like, I was, things were great before you came along. Like even mentions, like, remember the good old days when it was just us? We should do that again. She's like, Murph, <laughs> come on, Reldar's on the team. All right. It's just, I, I love that. I love and like, Star Wars is funny. Like you know, put some jokes in there, have fun. It's, it's a kids movie. Like right. we get people get so like into it and stuff like that, but like. Teddy bears killed the Empire guys. Like, let's get weird. Let's do it. Yeah. You know, right. that's why we love it so much because we watched it as kids. Like, that's the way to go. So, I, I, I was very lucky to be able to kind of play with that. And I'm glad it fit. That was another big thing that I kept telling Savannah was like, at the end, I just wanted to feel like Star Wars. And like, yeah. you can't really, exp- well, at least I can't really explain what that is. You know, it's like if you see it, you know it you know it's like it's just there i can't be like well two plus this is star wars you're like but it's not that easy it's an intangible it's like a feeling like you know it when you know it you know and i i tried my best to get there and i'm i'm glad you guys liked it it was a it's a lot of
1: work work. i would say that you definitely accomplished right yeah i would say you definitely accomplished that um you know there are there are things as fans and and i love star wars so i I make no excuses for for it you know (laughs) um I, I adore it with all my with all my heart um, and everything Star Wars right. So knowing that my friend was going to do something in that realm, you mm-hmm. know, it, it, I was like, oh man, that's that's ambitious. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's a good I, word because I, I even because I even thought about it for a long time too. Because I was like, you know, I was like, oh, maybe I'll do like I'll write like a like a fan like a short fan film, and I sure. even thought about you, you know, knowing that you know you're acting, um, and I was like, oh, you know, get Brian to play a Jedi, you know, we'll do something. Mm-hmm. But then I was like. I was like man, i'm like i don't I don't think I want that pressure, but yeah, <laughs> but you know see, seeing how 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 you approached it um with such an affinity and love of just wanting to make it um not like you like that that, that term you use canon adjacent, you know, yeah. like it, it you wanted it more than anything to feel like star wars yeah. um I think that that's a great way to approach it, um and you guys did that, I mean all the way through. Uh, you know, sound effects, the act, voice acting, everything, everything, just really. I don't. I don't have words enough to tell you how great it is, man. I, <laughs> I ran out. I, you know, I just. It, it, that's why I really wanted to bring you on and have you as as the first official guest of the Star Warriors podcast because not only do you love Star Wars the way we do, but you've actually accomplished something that a lot of us fans I think wish we could all do. Right? At some point is, is create something inside the Star Wars universe yes. that is ours.
2: Sure. Sure. It's I mean it there's another thing that I, I I pride myself on was fans love Easter eggs. I love Easter eggs. It's just it's a gift, you know what I mean? When you're like, oh puffer bags. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know what that is. Oh, if I you know that. if you know, you know. And my whole life is just Easter eggs, apparently, now that I'm thinking about <laughs> it. <laughs> Cabbages, right? Right. And so it it was really fun to kinda It's like to do Star Wars. My thought process behind it was there are things that we as fans pick up on, right? There's a you see the Zolan dart, right? If you're a fan of the Nazi Old Republic video games, you're like, that's the Ebon Hawk. And I'm like, it is, but it isn't. It's a dynamic class freighter, but it's not the Ebon Hawk. It's familiar, but it's not, you know, and there's that sort of like almost grace that people gave us. Where well, we're like, all right, right, there's a ship, there's hyperspace, you know, there's a captain, there's a droid. Like these are things that we know, but it's my take on them. You know, so it becomes it's not like culture shock of just like, boom, here's this whole new thing of this ship that looks really strange and how does that fly? And like people are just naturally adverse to difference and change. Right? So it was like a kind of thing where I just wanted to have fun. You know, and there's a lot of pressure involved and stuff like that. But we just I don't know. The the big pressure for us was just figuring out how to do it cuz we just like right. went at it with reckless abandon cuz we had never worked on audio dramas before. Christina had never done one, I had never done one. I don't really consider myself a writer. I mean, I kind of do now just because I can't deny it. Um I'm like eh, I wrote this yeah. and I'm like, "Oh yeah, I did." Um but even still, I'm like, I don't really know what I'm doing. But I guess I just I just did it anyway. You yeah. know, like I can't really explain why I did it. I just I don't know. I wanted to <laughs> as boring of an answer as that is.
0: That's the only way to get things done.
2: I think so. I think so. And I had so much help. You know what I mean? Like, that's the other yeah. thing that I've found, especially like being an actor. It's like you can't do anything. You know, mm-hmm. you're so at the bottom of the pipeline because you have to get permission to do it in the first place. You right. know, you have to get casted. And so that was another thing that I got very lucky because of all the people that I've worked with in the past on different projects from scoundrels to tethered to blisters to all these things. It's like I know a lot of really talented people and they want to act. So what if I just give them permission to act, you know, so I was able to do that. Like, hey, I want to I want to do some voice acting like some of my creature buddies. they were like, I'd love to do voiceover. I was like, well, I have this. And they were like, sure. And they. They br- like I can go on all day about just how incredible this cast is. Like a, like a tiny thing. So Robin Guyver, right? Robin Guyver was Serith in the audio drama, right? He was the guy right. that gave them the job. He, you know, So mm-hmm. Robin was the head of the Hapabor in Episode 7, the kind of hippo thing that knocked over John Boyega while he's drinking. Mm-hmm. So that's Robin. Robin is the head of the Thalassiren, which is the sea cow from Episode 8. Robin worked in uh, Jurassic World. He was one of the puppeteers for Blue, the raptor. Mm -hmm. He was the head of the uh, Arumphant in Fantastic Beasts. He was also that big eagle creature. He was that. Like, he's an incredible, just in his own right, you know? He's a trained actor. He's an incredible actor. And so he auditioned uh, with a bunch of other people for Sareth. He got it. And he brought such nuance, like, it was a master class for me getting to work with my heroes that are working on my thing. I'm like, why are you here? Like, but also, he would do little things like the accent, right? Sarah's accent. I did not give him an accent to do. He's like, I want to try something. So he sent me three of them, and I was like, I like this one a lot because I can't tell where it's from. He's like, yeah, yeah, I tried to do that. And he goes, I based it off of Sala from Indiana Jones, a mm-hmm. Stacey's an character. And I was like, You're right. I can hear it. That's awesome because you can't you can't pinpoint exactly what it is. You know that way we're not like trying to do a bad accent. It's its own thing. But he went so above and beyond that there were there were takes when he's like, "Can I just try something?" I was like, "Yeah, please. What do you got?" And I'll never forget he did a take when he's like, "We believe in the uh, Garatu uh, old ways." That is not in the script. That was an improv thing that he did. He's like, "What if we added some of their like native language because they're so of the earth and about their culture? Just throw some of those in." And I was like, "Beautiful." Never would have thought of that. And that's what bringing this caliber of a cast did. You know, for him to be like, what, what if we tried this? And it's a hundred times better having done that. You know, it's wild how lucky we got. It's crazy. And,
0: Absolutely shows.
3: And
1: with all of that, you're still the guy that we hear the most. Well, I mean,
2: I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah.
1: No, that's what I was, you know, I'm just, I'm just saying, like, you, you know, like, uh, like Chris said, you know, Pat's with all hands available, right? Because you know, you had to earn the role, you had to get the permission. Like, yeah, you sure. wrote it, sure, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but here you are bringing in all these people who <clears throat> have experience, who are doing, you know, who have done all these big things, and they're all contributing uh, and getting behind, you know, the co-captain, so to speak, right? Sure. So uh, it's it's an amazing thing, man. Like I I, I have to say, I am thoroughly impressed. Not just with the audio drama, but with your whole entire just journey so far, because it's all been sheer will, with yeah. like just just <laughs> sure. a, a ton of heart, and because you're you, you know not only are you super talented, because I mm-hmm. will get into this too, because you've been Inbitable. in Scoundrels, which is <laughs> yeah. no no no, it's not you are talented, <laughs> um, you know you're in Tethered, um, which is which was fun. Um, and you've got blisters now, which we'll let you yep. talk about a little bit. Um, sure. But, but before, you know, I just want to say, you know, you're just a good human, you know, I, like I try and, and I think that that's probably the main ingredient in your sauce, right? Like you're like the fact that you're a good human allows you to make these connections and allows you to have these, these wonderful, meaningful experiences. And, and, uh, you, 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 uh, you gravitate what you are, man, you know, and I think that you're just. You're just a great person, so you're attracting a lot of great, great names and great people around you to make your dreams come true. Uh, so kudos for that, because that takes a lot of work.
2: Thank you. It's uh, you know, it, yeah, it is a lot of work. It's uh, that was very nice. I don't know how to accept those, but I will say um, another thing that inspired me to do the the audio drama the way that I did was two years ago, maybe three years ago now. Again, I don't know time. Uh, there was this thing in the fandom where a bunch of Star Wars artists, like fan artists, came together and they made a poster for Rebels. Do you guys remember this? Yes. And so it was like each artist did a different part. Somebody did like the right corner of ships, somebody would do just the characters, somebody would do this. And it was beautiful. And it was one of these things, it really stuck with me because I was like, that is that good because of all of the people that came together to make it. Take one of them away, it's not as good. And I just loved that. And so when we talked about making an audio drama, it was really important to me to involve other Star Wars podcasters because it can get so dumb. People think that they they get it in their heads that it's a competition, that, you know, one person's trying to do this, you have audiences and stuff like that. I don't pay attention to any of those things. And so I was like, what if we just brought in other Star Wars podcasters to, like, we're all in this together, you know? So we have, um, from Sky Talkers, Charlotte narrates the thing. so She's the narrator. Caitlin has a cameo in it, also from Sky Talkers. Brandon Wynerdy from Talking Bay 94 is in it. Daniel and Ryan from The Forest Cats have cameos. So we're like, hey, this isn't out. This isn't like the Dorky Diva show thing. We're all a part of this. You know, and I just think that's so important. You know, I'm like, I, I appreciate uh, uh, everything you said. But the other thing I want to bring up is like, I try, and I think that's the difference. You know what I mean, mm. like being a good person as much as I appreciate it shouldn't be an accomplishment, you know, mm. and it's like mm. hey, i i think I think I'm a good person because I actively try to be one, mm. you know and i and i I think everyone can do that I think I mean George Lucas himself said every day you choose the light side or the dark side, there's selfishness or selflessness, and that's just that's how oh, it sure. breaks down, you know so i I Had a rough childhood, so Star Wars got me through it. So I understand pain, I understand loss, and I don't want anyone else to feel that way. So I try my best to include as many people as I can because what's the point of joy if not to share it? You know, and this just was like the perfect storm to be like, I know a ton of really talented actors, I know some great podcasters, I know this. Let's all come play because we can get so in our world. You know, everyone's got their own thing going on, and I totally understand. But at the same time, If you just look outside of yourself, even when you're going through something, I find the best way to get through stuff is to help someone else. And then it just pays dividends. You know what I mean? You know, It's it's Uncle Iroh doing his thing. I'm just trying my best out here. Just doing what I can. Well said. Well (laughs) said. So one
0: last question for you, Brian, uh, before we close out. We want to know, and I guess I'm sure everybody out there now wants to know. Oh, boy. When is the next adventure of the Dart? Is there uh, one in that creative brain of yours? Have you, been, uh, <laughs> have you been dreaming up the next one? We're not saying get right to work at it. Sure, but, sure.
1: Maybe you're not, but...
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'll say, I will say this. Um, the reception has been overwhelmingly positive, which was unexpected. Uh, because, again, we as Star Wars fans, we know how Star Wars fans can be. So, you know, you put it out there and people can just trash it the next day. And you would be like, yeah, okay, this, this makes sense. Um, that has not been the case. Everyone has been very kind. I will say that it took us a year and a half to make one. Uh, it's a lot of work. But I will also say that people being as kind as they are and people that are telling us that they want another one does make us consider the possibility. Beautiful. You know, I'm trying my little Dave so not, Filoni answer. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was going to say. You're, <laughs>
1: you're, 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 playing the apprentice here. You, you know, know <laughs> you're doing you the know. Filoni. You like to that's say right. yes, but no, but not really, but maybe. That's at right. some point, which is cool because that gives me and Chris time to prepare, so that exactly. we can brush up on a few accents and things like that. Because now you know two exactly. other Star Wars podcasters who might exactly. be able to. Join the adventures of the Zoland Dart, but that's selfish.
2: So, you it's, know, I don't want.
1: I don't want listen. you to do it for that reason. I want you to. Do I it just need to hear what kind of voices you've got.
2: You know. You know. I don't, you know. <laughs> I need to. Um, I need to hear what you got in the pocket. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I had to audition, Ruben. <laughs> you're right. You're right. You don't
1: just get it, Ruben. Um, and 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 the, so yeah, you know that's that's that on the zolandard but and those are all beautiful experiences but you're more than that right we've we've discussed top player, writer director uh you know audio dramas uh you know you're doing all this stuff and you're also an actor uh you know of live action not mm-hmm. just audio dramas Sure. Um, so we talked about tether- We you know, we mentioned Tethered and yeah. Scoundrels, which is, you know, we can we can talk about Scoundrels because it's a Star Wars fan film. Right. Sure. Sure. Um, yeah. And now you've got Blisters. Right.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's a I mean, hearing it said back to you, it sounds like a lot, doesn't it? <laughs> like,
1: I mean, you're
2: you're working. You know, you're working, I just don't boy. I don't think about it. You know, I'm one of those people I just put my head down. And then when I come up, I'm like, oh, wow. Yeah, that's a lot of things you just said. But Mm -hmm. I guess, you know, I'm just I'm too busy to think about it (laughs) and I don't relax. So I'm like, I go into one thing and I'm like, what else can I do besides sleep? Um, Yeah. Yeah. Actually, voiceover is fairly new for me uh, because I've been on camera for almost seven years and I've only ever done on camera. And uh, I just got into voiceover last year. So it's it's been very new. It's been very it was difficult for me. I found it harder because you have to convey all of that in your voice as opposed to being able to rely on physicality and like just sit. And there's ways that you can move your head and look and even blink that will convey an emotion. But if you have none of that and you have to do it all in your voice, learning to funnel it for me was difficult. Um, But I'm really proud of Reldar. I think he did a good job. Um, But yeah, yeah, I had i I've done that. Tethered was my first movie I ever did. That's what kind of kicked off everything. Um, scoundrels was a star wars fan film that i got to be a part of uh, a few years ago very proud of that um that actually uh is another one that could be like it was it was our own the director the writer director of that her name was britney Joyner, um and she had the same sort of mentality where she's like i want to write my own star wars story and it came out really well um something you don't know about Mm -hmm. scoundrels is that entire thing was shot in a garage that's how good the set design was so that was really cool you know kind of dipping the toes in there um, I've been in a few things thinking back. You've on been in a
1: few things. Yeah, you have been. been. You have been. I mean, things. when we start reading off the credits, it's like, you know, it is a couple it, couple like of. you said, it's a it's a couple. It's a couple. <laughs> but um but more recently, um, you've got a project that you're sharing around that you seem very proud of. Yeah. Um, so yeah. so tell us about that. Tell us uh, about that.
2: Blisters. Yeah. Blisters is uh, uh arguably the most uh, passionate personal thing I'm ever going to work on, uh, by far. It is a Western. It's a short film. It's uh, Credits included. It's just under 10 minutes long. That's another one. I wrote it, and I'm in it. Um, On paper, it's just me talking to a horse. (laughs) Um, But it's really sad, so I want to throw that out there so people aren't like, I'm going to have a good time, and I'm going to watch this. It's sad. Um, But, yeah, it's about a guy who uh, has lost everyone close to him, and he's just sitting at the campfire having just buried someone. And he's looking at the blisters on his hands that are from Digging the Grave. And it's all about survivor's guilt and dealing with that loss and contemplating your, pace, your place in the world. And it's uh, it's really important to me. Um, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I'll get a, I'll get a little personal. I, that that yeah. means a lot to me. I think it's the best performance I've ever done by far. Yeah. I'm, I'm super proud of it. Um, I look at that and I see the seven years of work. You know, it's like, oh wow, compare this to that and that is, wow. I thought that was good and I was dumb. This is this is actually good. <laughs> this uh, is actually acting. Yeah, this is look at this. Wow, look at that guy. You know. Um, yeah, I'm I'm really proud of it. And it's uh it's loosely based on uh my real life. Mm-hmm. Um and so that was, you know, it, it was my own sort of way of kind of dealing with all the loss that I've dealt with in my life and contextualizing right. it. Um it actually started from um Do you know Randall Duck Kim? He was uh, the voice of Uguay and Kung Fu Panda. He was also the kid in the Matrix. Okay. So he came on the interesting podcast a few years ago, and he was one we just like instantly connected. Like he's my buddy now. And uh, a few months after that, him and his wife came on, and they invited my wife up to New Jersey, and we got to see him perform live. Uh, He performed Ibsen's Enemy of the People, and it was incredible. But anyway, um, again, ADD guys. And so I uh, <laughs> I sent him my demos at the time because he's been a professional actor for like 50 years. I was like, what does your insight look like? I'll send you my demos, my comedic and dramatic reel. Let me know you think. And they both were like, this was good. We like this scene. This scene seemed a little forced. I don't know if it fit. And they gave me some genuine feedback, which was really helpful. But at the and end, they're like, you need a monologue. And I was like, nobody gets monologues on screen. Villains, when they're monologuing right before they lose – And that's pretty much it. Nobody gets just dialogue. So I remember being like, oh, right, because they're theater actors for 50-plus years. He's had a huge screen career as well, but like, he shines on the stage, so his brain is on the stage. So he's like, you need a monologue. And I was like, well, (sighs) that ain't going to happen, so I'll just write one myself. And that's what turned into Blisters. I just wrote this monologue about this guy, and then we (laughs) we shot it uh, in October of 2019, and it was terrible. Ab- everything went wrong. We forgot firewood, uh, which, come to find out, you need it for a fire with yes. one location. it was just It's like, it's like we're going to do a boat chase and someone forgets the boat. Like, that's what <laughs> happened. And so we burned whatever we could find. And because, <laughs> because of that, it, we just found, like, cardboard and, like, pine needles, which creates a ton of smoke. So there'd be scenes when, like, the camera's on me, and I'm just talking about, like, yeah, I remember, and now I'm all alone in the world. And then just a cloud of smoke where you couldn't even see me anymore because it was so thick. And I was like, ruin that take. (laughs) Ruined every single take. The audio was unusable because the guy pressed the wrong button. It just (laughs) was terrible. So, like, six months later, six months had passed after that, and all the people who worked on Tethered, we all stayed in touch. And we did a Zoom, like, reunion with, like, the director and the cast and everything. And at the end of it, they kept being like, So, when's Blisters coming out? And I was like, It's not. All right. It was terrible. Everything went wrong. It's not going to happen. And then I just asked the, the director who I'm really close with, I was like, Would you be down to, to shoot this again with me? And he was like, Absolutely. Let's go. And the whole crew came back to help shoot Blisters. And we reworked the script, built it out a little more, made it way better. Uh, the horse that we used in the first one actually died. Uh, oh, so that's could, sad so oh, no. we couldn't use that horse um, <laughs> so we actually had to find an entirely new ranch which the, the producers man they figure it out and the director did that so we reshot it and <sighs> damn proud of it
1: was the first horse guilty about about the first movie And that's I think why you so think...
2: I, oh, I okay. mean I hope so just kidding! I, I don't know so. it's, well, it's like, well, horse went
1: back to his went right. back to his little horse house, and like he was like, I, I destroyed that movie, and yeah. he took his own horse life. He yeah. um, well, you know you a crazy. Cast the <laughs> Yeah, he just walked straight into Elmer's, that's and he was it. like, "Take me now."
3: Um, that's right.
1: No, that's a that's amazing, man. And and again, the, a, a testament to who Brian Balance is, right? That you can you can say you can say man you know what it didn't work out and nobody would accept that for you right they were like no you know we know you want it we know you need it let's go and do it again and um and you know admittedly i have not watched it um just because
3: you know life a lot of pain um
1: (laughs) no but i want to but i want to and i'm going to uh but but i'm just hearing you talk about it you know knowing what you put into it i'm i'm excited and and i'm i'm all about the emotional you know like, oh, you kind like of bearing it. your soul uh it's... yeah man you know you know i have got a project out right now the illusion which that i'm trying to is it's like my therapy for losing my mom you know what i'm saying so sure, it's kind of us as writers and you're going to learn this because now you are a writer oh, um I don't like you know it. the you know, when we're not having fun, we're, um, we're telling people all about our demons and our, and our pain, but right. th- through a different lens, you know? Uh, so it, it's all about using that kind of stuff. So I can't wait to watch it. And you know, I want everybody listening to kind of just watch everything that you're doing right now and, and really pay attention to, to, you know, uh, how to do it because you're, you're definitely one to watch, man. I think, I think you are, are, are going to be doing it for a while. And, I think there will be a time when we, when I'll say, "You see that guy who is in that Star Wars movie?"
3: Well, he's in that Star Wars movie,
1: right? He works at Walgreens
3: (laughs) now.
2: No, oh god, that's the goal, man.
1: Brian, Brian, can I have fries? Can I have fries with that? I tell people
2: all the time. I was like, "The reason I got into acting was I had a rough childhood. I'm going to pay Star Wars back by contributing to it, and then I can quit all this nonsense." You know how right. much work it is to be an actor, guys? It's ridiculous. Right. <laughs> like, right. right. The, you just the need one in, That's it. Yeah, that's the it. goal. That's I want to pause Star Wars, say, "That's me," and that's it. And then I'm done. Then I'm back, I'm working at a gas station, and I'm so happy, happier than I've ever been in my life. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be great.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. I will visit you at the quickie all done. the time.
2: Done. You'll. I'll be the happiest person you've ever seen. <laughs> but I did it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I mean, if I have to win an Oscar to get to that, hey, that's me, I'll do it. But, right, that's, right. but that's the give and take, you know what I mean? I, like, right. I, I find that, like, you know, it, it goes back to, like you're saying, with telling stories and stuff. To me, personally, I think it's about connection. I think everything's about right. connection. I think it's mm-hmm. human beings. At the end of the day, we all come from different backgrounds. We have different philosophies. We have different ideas and experiences. But at the end of the day, we're all people. And that you can connect on, right? Mm-hmm. And right. so I think there's the, tr- there's the truth in art that, like, I cannot imagine the pain of losing my mom. It, it is unfathomable to me. But there are people who have gone through that. And by you putting your heart out there, there are people who will connect with you on that. You know, and that's, that's magic. That's what it's about. So to put your heart and soul into something, you're sending out that signal. And there are people who will hear it. You know, and it's, that's, that's what it's about. That's the human experience that I'm so interested in. And that's something that I I feel like I feel like came out in blisters. I was like, anyone who's lost someone can connect with this guy, mm. you know. And I didn't do a pretty bad job, so pretty excited well, about
1: that. Well, I'm sure. I'm sure. Toot that horn, baby. Toot that horn. That's baby.
2: right. I'll just give it to other people to do it.
1: <laughs> where Where can we watch blisters?
2: Uh, that's on Vimeo. It's on Vimeo. If you just put like Bitly slash blisters film, and it'll be there. And I've shared it like all over the place, which is out of character for me because I'm very like. Check it out, and then I will never mention it again. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm. I have a problem, but it's good.
0: Amazing. Well, I'll be checking it out. I love westerns, and I love yeah. Let me know emotions, what you think. So I will let you know. Absolutely, Got both those things. <laughs> awesome. Well, Brian, you know it was amazing talking to you tonight. I think yeah. that um, this this audio drama was. It, I just. I just. I can't stop talking about how it is Star Wars. Um, And that's, that's the thing you say about connections and I'll say that we talked about that a little bit about the real feeling of Star Wars is connected. um, And you, you totally delivered that with uh, the adventures of Zoland Dart. And I hope that everybody out there that who's listening today will check it out. If you haven't already, Uh, you can listen to it on the dorky diva show.
2: And then also, I believe you guys did a roundtable after that as well, right? Talking about it. So We did. Yeah, we just did one with the crew. There's another one with uh, some of the cast coming up pretty soon. There's a little tease for you. A behind the scenes. You know, a little, behind, little little teaser. <laughs> yeah, dude, thank you so much. I, I really appreciate, uh, you know, you guys being interested in anything I've done. <laughs> and oh, the no, fact that you, you liked t- it is even better. You know, it's just, it's cool. It, this stuff matters. So thank you so much.
1: Absolutely. And definitely, where, um, where can people find you, bro? Like, that's, that's one thing that we want to make sure we get out there, you know, make sure people are listening to the interesting uh, podcast and to the Dorky Diva Show. So tell everybody where they can find you and all of your things.
2: Sure. Yeah. Uh, I'm at Jedi Brian on all social media stuffs. So Got to get that SEO. Um, uh, BrianBalance.com has a ton of my stuff uh, that has my demos. Um, actually, I think Blisters is on there. As well, at com under projects, probably. I don't know. Savannah runs my site. Again, she's amazing. Uh, so, BrianBalance.com has everything. That's where the podcast is. Uh, the interesting podcast is everywhere. You can find it. iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify. Just put the interesting podcast. Or just put my name. I think if you put Brian Balance, it pops up quicker. It does. It does. Boom. See? That's, that's how why, I found it. That's why I put it there. Because they're like, the interesting podcast, that's vague. And I'm like, yeah, I no, I'm sorry. Uh, so, there's that. Um... I don't know. I'm so bad at this. The Dorky Diva Show is everywhere as well. I think if you just search Dorky Diva Show. You'd probably find it. I don't know. You tell where you did. find me? <laughs> I find you on Google Podcasts. Right. Oh, sweet! There it's there. It's all there. Yeah. If you if you liked if you like conversations with people, that's just them telling their life stories and me getting super excited. The interesting podcast is the way to go. Um, because this is a Star Wars podcast, you might enjoy. I'm at best. You know, play Jar Jar. Um, Vanessa Marshall, uh, Taylor Gray. Uh, Brian Sipe was a really cool one. He's the head of the makeup department for Mandalorian. Yeah. He's one of my mm-hmm. favorites. I mean, really, they're all my favorite. But there's a lot of... <laughs> I, I like Star Wars a lot, so there's a lot of Star Wars guests. Um, so check them out. If for anything, then just to hear their stories. That's the biggest joy I get out of It's like, you know this person? Here, tell them. And then I get to like just boost their life stories and be like, aren't they cool? So it's it's great. I think that's everything, right? Maybe?
1: I think that's everything. I hope so. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna put links to all your stuff anyway yeah but we're, cool. de- we're 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 definitely you know we want people to check you out that are not checking you out so sure we appreciate sure. you coming on and, and sharing your story with us um of you know and not doing it just because you know i'm one of your best friends ever but because that is you know why. Oh, okay all right it's cool. <laughs> all good reasons
2: i mean there's more yeah. but but that's like the that's like the big one you know
0: <laughs> awesome brian thank you so much for stopping by And for all of you out there listening, may the force be with you.